Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So glad to be here with you today. And also, tiny bit sad, you guys. It's our last show of That Sounds Fun Couples Month. It has been so great, and I've loved it. Singing to us in the background this whole series has been our buddy, Mr. John McLaughlin. Make sure you grab a copy of his album, Angst and Grace. So as the month ends, I thought it would be really important to get in a couple who is a little seasoned, who's had some time together, who has been through some things, and who we already love and respect. And so I called on Pastor Kevin, pastor of the pod, whether he likes it or not, and his wife, Ree. I have been friends with them, as you know, since we were in college, since they were dating. But only in the past two years when we've lived in the same city have they become like family to me. And I'm just so grateful. And Kevin and Rhea are one of my very favorite married couples. I watch how they live. I live near them and with them in life and and just love seeing what God does in their marriage. And so I wanted them to come and talk about some pieces of relationship that we haven't really covered yet. Uh, what do you do when it gets hard and how do you hold on and what does it look like to hold on in relationship? And so I think it is a good way to end the series to talk about how do we be the kind of people we want to be in relationship long-term. So here are my pastors, Kevin and Ree Queen. Ree, it's your first time on the show. I know. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, I have a little pad of paper here, you guys, because I'm a terrible interrupter, or I'm a great interrupter. One of the two. This will help me just take notes. So don't worry if you see me taking notes. All right. Gotcha. That's good. Um, have y'all done a sh- podcast together? Yeah, ever? No. First time. Really? Yeah. Okay. What do we not know about Ree that we need to know? Start there. We know you, Pastor Kevin. Tell us about Ree. Everything has a place and everything in its place. Uh-huh. Um, she's the most disciplined person that I know. Yeah. Um, she loves, loves the kids so well. And she, um, she's the, she helps me be the best version of myself. Really? Yeah. So, um, when I look at who I am today and who I was 20 years ago, um, I, between Jesus and Marie, like she's, she's changed my life. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Why did y'all meet in eighth grade? Why was that God's story for you? <laughs> you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. I uh, <laughs> So I was at the movie theater with uh, Zach. His name was Zach. Zach Moss. Uh-huh. I don't know where Zach is today. But <laughs> Big up, Zach I, Moss. I'm, in, I'm, Zach. In, <laughs> I'm indebted to Zach. Yeah. Uh, we went into the movie theater, and uh, and he knew uh, Ree's sister. And so he uh, he said, man, you got to meet these twins. And so I, that identical was that, twins, identical twins, like yeah. look exactly, exactly the same. Yeah. And for some reason, I was drawn to the one on the right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we 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 started a conversation. Then um, it, you can tell Re what I was uh, what I was wearing uh, when you saw me for the first time. If that was be. it, irresistible Re. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> was it umbros? No, it was um, overalls with one strap up and yeah, one strap down yeah, for sure. A public enemy T-shirt. <laughs> Flavor Flav. <laughs> And, and a Mercedes thing off the car that he may or may not have just snapped off as he came on into the Oh my gosh, theater. like off the front of Hold someone's on. car? Hold on, are our kids listening to this? <laughs> you broke off and wore it as a necklace? Yes. Kevin! <laughs> Can we start over? The Lord, the start- Lord has done this for you. If you wore a, okay. a Mercedes emblem as a necklace. All right, Rhi, I see how this is going to go. <laughs> it's the truth. It is. And you just thought, nice guy, best of luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. Because y'all didn't start dating until college. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, we went out for, for maybe a week or two in high school. So we get into ninth grade, I track same her down school? again. Same yeah. school. And uh, and this is a wild story. We went to Central Gwinnett High School. Uh-huh. My mom and my dad went to Central Gwinnett High School. My brother and his wife went to Central Gwinnett High School, and my sister and her husband all went to Central Gwinnett. That's right. I was that's about to say, wild. Christy and Russ too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so all all uh, oh, kind of strange. My yeah. Gosh, isn't that wild? That's really weird. So we, my dad really wanted to have a picture of us all wearing our letter jackets. Yeah, for a, to be for a picture. sure. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I've never seen that picture. Okay. How old were y'all when you took it? Like a few it years was ago. Just two Christmases ago. Yeah. Oh, that's really. Really sweet, Frank. Um, so we ended up uh, we ended up going out for a couple weeks in yeah. high school, and then she, um, I think, I reached over, grabbed her hand when we were walking around the track, and um, she didn't like that a whole lot <laughs> and uh, that public display of affection. And so she uh, she she broke up with me right before homecoming. Oh, Ree, you did? Why? 
because he held my hand on the track. And you didn't like it. You're no. like, <laughs> I mean, y'all have a ninth grader right now. Yeah. 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 What are the chances she's going to meet her husband this year? <laughs> Yeesh. Are you, yeah, if you ask her, I mean, that is yeah. insane. And so yeah. you just broke up. You're like, this isn't going to work. He held my hand yeah. in public. I'm really, not, yeah, really. Not I did. This, dude. But yeah. we, we really, after that year, that ninth grade year, I mean, we were friends, but we really got to be really good friends. Yeah. 10th grade, 11th were on the same grade, church? 12th no. grade. Or was the school just that no. small? It was, a, it was a school. We graduated about 300 people. Okay. But she told me, she was like, let's just be friends. And I was like, I'm gonna be the best friend you ever had. And really? So, yeah. So we were. I mean, at that point, I knew, and I, I loved her family. Mm-hmm. I think I might, I may have even told her mom in ninth grade when I was leaving football one day that I'm gonna marry your daughter. Like, oh, that's what I my mean, mom said. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I, I, I knew that I really, really, really had feelings for. Did for you real. date other people in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Both yeah. of you did. Yeah. Both of us did. Yeah. Yeah. And all the time, were you thinking about Rhea? Was or? Yeah, you are. I, I was. I don't think she was thinking about. Yeah, no. you're shaking oh my gosh, your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we were friends. We and were so friends. That's really, what I thought of you as yeah. just my friend, and we were friends with groups. I mean, we were just all just friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was in the friend zone. Yeah, was, so hard. It sounds <laughs> like so hard. So when did it switch for you, Ree? Um, I'd say. Maybe looking back, maybe a little bit towards the end of our senior year, maybe. But really, um, when we we went away to I went away to UGA for college, and he stayed home and went to Gainesville College, and we had come home for a football game, just because it's kind of what you do when you're a freshman in college. I don't know, Um, a high school football game, and we saw each other, and I think at that point I was like. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was in a relationship at that time, and so oh. I ended up um, You're unattainable. I was, all of a sudden. Yeah. And so I ended up breaking off that that relationship. Oh, you like saw me, and you were like, "Listen, sister, it's been good, but yeah, here, read back. Well, or or uh, wow, this is this uh, this is called that sounds like telling all the story, but <laughs> but. but that girl's roommate from college was actually went to high school with us. Oh wow! And she saw us there, and we were just yeah, we were walking together. Oh, we weren't holding hands on the track, but right. like she, so it. So the it, roommate saw and saw told and the had girl. the conversation, and I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, I have feelings for Re, always have, but ended up breaking off that relationship, and uh, and at that point, um, Re. Uh, <laughs> We were talking on the phone, and I called, and I said, hey, why don't you and your sister, your twin sister, why don't you guys, do you want to go see a movie? Because I was free. Yeah. And uh, and Reed said, well, why not just me and you? Oh, and did so, you? Yes, yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, the end. And that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, the beginning of the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> The end, meaning life together forever yes. and ever. Yes. <laughs> the beginning oh, of the end. Here's a, here's a crazy story. I can't believe I'm going to tell this. But we, after we had been married, um, well, fast forward, after we had been married, we were eating at one of those Japanese uh, Japanese steakhouse. Yeah. And uh, for my brother's birthday. Or, yeah, it was my brother's birthday. And so we're all sitting in where you sit at you, and we sit down, and we're sitting across from that girl that oh, I broke up with. Yeah. yeah to... And we're sitting across from her and her family. Oh gosh, her and her family. So we're eating the Did whole she have meal. A boyfriend? She had a husband and kids. Good, good, like it's good, down the good. road. Yeah. But we're all sitting there having to look at each other, uh. and it was it was the most awkward <laughs> hibachi <laughs> meal I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with Central Gwinnett. <laughs> is. is everybody still there? I'm that's telling right. you. That's, that's right. I mean, same, same. I know that story. Uh. I mean, when I go home to visit my friends, I get to see everybody. We're so lucky. That because we grew up in communities where people invest for a long time. Right. So you see everybody at a bocce restaurant. I get it. Um, so y'all stayed. And then you came to Na- Nashville. We are in Nashville. You came to Athens after that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last two years. I went to Gainesville College. Then I went to Tacoma Falls College for a year. And then ended up going to uh, going to UGA. Okay. So y'all were seniors when I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's okay. Right. Um, and then how long after college did y'all get married? Uh it was 2000, so we were, we graduated college in 99, and we got married in uh, in 2000, so one year. Did did y'all break up at all in college? No. 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 No reason to. It was no. fine. No. It really was. And I think that time was so formative for our faith as well. So it was we were both growing so much in, in our relationship with the Lord 
and then also kind of being on that journey at the Wesley Foundation mm-hmm. with um, both both of us yeah. um, growing in our relationship together as well. So it was a college was it really was it was a it was a great it was a great time for us. Yeah, um, it's funny to think about because before we started Couples Month, we had Tom and Melissa Tanner as a couple, and then just last week we had Ken and Anita Corsini. Mm-hmm. who are also Wesley people. And then y'all, it's just amazing to think of all the, re- I, we know so many married couples and Ken said it beautifully in his uh, episode where, where he just said, it's like an incubator mm-hmm. because you have so much mm-hmm. time together. He says, it makes sense that people get married after college because you've incubated together for four years. And especially for us where ours was spiritual and college and educational and all those other things, it made a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. 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 So how many years? Two thousand. So nineteen years. Nineteen. I think y'all are one of the longest married couples on our on our month so far. All right. I think y'all are the most grown up. Yeah. Well done. Keep it up. I've had a lot of people talk about the start of marriage. Will y'all talk about the middle of marriage? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm. I heard a a teacher say that people change every five years. So you don't. You're not actually married to the same person the whole time. You're married to someone different every five years, and you fall in love again. How has that been for you? What's it like being in this for 19 years for half your life? Speaking specifically on the middle of marriage, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The middle is, it, it, it's hard. Um, Maybe young kids. Yeah. Kevin was working. He was working two roles at the church that we were at, um, 12 Stone Church, and going to school. We had four kids, six and under. Um, we just started a new church or campus. Yeah, mm-hmm. time together was not much. Yeah, it was it was hard, and and then just trying to figure out how to how to be like a mom, but still, you know, want to do the things I wanted to do. I I love working out, so I'd always want to get to the gym. But you know, and I, I'd have to, I had to figure out how all that worked, and. Uh, it was a tough, the middle was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know that, um, I think we really had a breakthrough maybe six years, seven years ago. Um, I was having burrito at a uh, supermercado Alisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, with a guy named Dennis and he asked me, he said, um, he said, when do you pray with your wife? And, uh, I was like, I, I, I mean, we pray when there's a problem. Yeah. And he goes, but you don't pray with her every, every day. And I said, no, I, I don't. And um, he said, you should. And I was like, well, maybe. And he said, uh, he said, you should pray with her every night. And this was a guy that attended the church, went on mission trips with him, yeah. friend. And I think that for me was a big moment because I, we had some really early on, I think I was in seminary and I don't know that I, uh, I don't know that I dignified Reese's voice in our relationship. Mm. I was the pastor, you know, and I don't know that I, and it was because of pride, but I had to be, I had to be right and had to give all the answers. And, you know, and so something happened when the moment, when we get, began to pray together. And I think in that also came the, the dignifying of her voice, um, came shortly after that. I think I had, did a, you feel that too, Ree? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I was at a I was at a leadership retreat and they gave us twenty questions to ask other leaders mm-hmm. and I'm asking the questions and I'm realizing I don't know that I know how Ree would answer these questions. Oh wow. I've been with her for twenty years as a friend and I don't know that I've sat and listened and asked these questions. I think I've just thought, Well, I know Ree. Yeah. And um and then I remember we got together and we walked through those questions, and I asked those questions and it was like from it was like what happened in front of me and she just began to blossom. You know, and and really, it's who she was all along. Just in my own pride and self-centeredness, I couldn't I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's when I think I realized, like, her, one of her greatest gifts to me is her voice into my life. Yeah. And uh, and really began at that point, coupled with prayer in our relationship, just began to 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 listen and and, and listen to the I'd say dignify her voice because her voice had always been there, but um, but dignifying and saying, you know, this is part of God's gift to me. Through her, so that was a breakthrough, and so the middle years were really hard because I don't think that was there. Yeah, and a lot of it was maybe selfish ambition on my own part and vain conceit, you know, yeah. and those things. So for husbands listening mm-hmm. who are connecting with this and going like, "Oh man, I don't, I need to get to know my wife again." What's like 
a first question they could ask that could be a real easy, they're out to dinner, this isn't dramatic. Yeah. They're just, what's an easy first question? You know, I think first part, I mean, one of the questions that I was like, is what, what's your dream? Mm. Yeah. What do you want to, what do you want to do? What do you dream? Because I think she had sacrificed so much from my dreams, my dreams in ministry, my dreams in family, my dreams in um, school. Yeah. Um, but then beginning to listen, like what, what, what dreams are in your heart? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe she had said those before, but I hadn't listened before. Yeah. Re, what... <laughs> To the wives who feel that, either of you can answer this, actually. What what could you have said to Kevin or what did you say to Kevin to help start those kind of conversations for your voice to, for your dreams, your voice to feel heard? Yeah, I think that when I actually, it, it kind of was within myself, mm-hmm. when I could realize that that I had something to offer, just not Kevin telling me, oh, you've got things to offer, tell me things, when I realized, like, I have things to offer, and that confidence came, well, then it was easier the next time to be like, hey, listen, Kev, let me let me tell you this, or um, listen to what I did today, or, you know, whatever. I mean, so, so it was more, like, just within myself. It, actually, around that time, honestly, this is the honest truth, that was when I started really being super intentional, super intentional. I've always been sort of, I love to, you know, I've been, I've been a person that prays and reads the Bible, but that, in that, in those years, that was when I became super intentional about studying God's word. And I think that totally, they, they go hand in hand. When I realized who God says I am, then I realized, oh, that's who I am. And then the confidence comes and it just is a, it's a ripple effect in all other areas. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is that, that in God's providence and in His kindness, both those things happen at the same time. Yeah. You, you almost smelled it in each other yeah. a little yeah, bit. That's yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing that when I reached over and held her hand and prayed for the first time that night, my greatest fear was that she would say, "Why, okay, preacher, like what about the other 10 years. <laughs> sure. Like, really, you're going to start now? Like, my, and that's shame. Yeah. And so the, the shame that I felt was, man, she's not going to receive this. And, and she's going she's gonna to feel like this is weird because it is weird. As a pastor, I can pray with anybody. Mm-hmm. But the hardest person to pray with is, is my wife because she's the one who, who knows me the best. Right, but but there's the most power, you know, when we when we pray together, mm-hmm. and uh, and so reaching over her for her hand, and we and we do that every night, and it's not a, it's not a ritual, and it's not religious, and it's I don't pray the most profound prayers, but it's it's us taking our marriage and saying, okay, our relationship, we are under the the sovereignty of God, the banner mm-hmm. of God, and we we are for Him, and probably if you heard some of those prayers, you go, those are lame prayers. Yeah, and <laughs> sometimes I'm asleep before He says Amen. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like that. That's a good yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. But that has been uh, I, for me as a spiritual leader, because that's one thing I know I can do as a spiritual. And I, I think, I think doing those small, like the small things, mm-hmm. really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that first cup of coffee. If we get to the Keurig at the same time, yeah. you know, in the morning, being willing to give her the first cup of coffee. She made the bed for the whole. I mean, for gosh, how long? 16 years, 17 years. <laughs> and I think, and I've like never made the bed. Yeah. And I was like, and then one day I'm like, why have I not made the bed? You know, and so it was just a small thing, but that reminds me that I'm not here to be served, I'm here to serve. And I, I'm a slow learner. We're talking 17 years of marriage. And yeah. she, she never like tried to force me into it or coerce, coerce into it. She, um, but it was just over time, really. No, these are a small way, but small things matter. You know. So there are people who are, you know, I bet a ton of our friends listening are in their 10th year of marriage, 12th year of marriage. What's the staying power? What makes you want to do this for 30 more years? What makes you want to do this till you die? The dream. I think you got to have a picture. Of what it looks like. When of you what it looks like when I look and I go, okay, I want to be, I want to be sitting on the front porch somewhere without teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and reach over and hold her hand. Yeah. Like I want, I, I want to go the distance. I want to be a grandfather and a pastor. You know, I want to have, um, I want to baptize my grandchildren. Yeah. You know, um, I want us to, I want us to be together and share that state. So when I look to the future, like that's what, 
that's one of the things that motivates now. And like we're just having we're having so much fun. I mean, if we, I mean, there are hard there are hard times. Yeah. But um. But gosh, my, like our favorite our favorite day is our our date day. You know, mm-hmm. when we get to. Um, I'm so careful about not texting y'all on Fridays. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> very respectful of, of day date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Uh, I was really just listening to you. The question was, wh- why do you stay in this? Why are you committed to this for the long run? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, yeah, it's seeing seeing the picture of the future and still being together and, yeah, having friendships with our kids and grandkids and doing it as a team and... Yeah, it's the legacy that we get to leave for our future generations, and even we're when see- we're gone. And we're seeing it. We see it in our families. And we, so yeah, both of us. See, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love y'all's parents. Both your sets of parents have been so fun to get to know since y'all moved up here. They're, They're awesome. They're just awesome. Very yeah. awesome. Reed, talk a little bit. You know, we had some of your kids on, too. Your, your two daughters were on during the Next Generation show. Yeah. They were so good. People have just loved them. They um, loved it. And they talked about moving to Nashville mm. a little bit about their experience. Mm-hmm. Will you talk a little bit about your experience as the wife of the new pastor of Cross Point Church? Yeah. What was that like? Well, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And in those moments, I... Why? For people who don't know the backstory, why okay. was it the hardest thing well, you've ever done? Well, I mean, we, we knew that it was right. We yes. knew that it was it was what we were supposed to do. I mean, it was there was no question this mm-hmm. is what we were doing. Mm-hmm. But that didn't make it any less hard. And that didn't make it that there were some days where I was like, wait, is this right? Are we doing this right? Is this what we're really supposed to be doing? Tell me again, like go through it all. Show me this is right. Mm -hmm. So that that didn't eliminate any of that. But I knew that I knew that I knew this was this was what we were supposed to be doing. But um, we let I mean, I left behind my twin sister, Zoe, who we've shared up until that point, just about every single day together doing life and um our kids left many cousins like uh so many cousins so many cousins (laughs) there's there's 18 grandkids my parents have 18 grandkids and so um and then kevin's parents have 10 grandkids a lot of cousins both sets of grandparents um some of my dearest friends church the only thing we've ever known because kevin is has been in where we left in Lawrenceville his entire life. I've been there since I was two. So the only thing we've ever known, we we left behind. But again, I knew that it was right. And I felt like the Lord. How did you know it was right when it was his call? Well, that was one of my things that I went back and forth on. I'm like, but it's yours. It's not mine. But but we're 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 one. That's right. And so if it's his call, it's my call. And if it's my call, it's his call. And so that that's how I knew that it was yep. both of our both of us together. That he wasn't going to do this without me, and and it just wouldn't. It's just not the way it was going to go. And so, um, but I felt like the Lord told me, like He gave me a word. Um, he gave me a lots of words. He gave me lots of pictures and lots of scripture. But the one word that just st- stuck out with me and sort of was my lifeline was the word flourish. Mm-hmm. And the picture that went along with it, my mom um, kind of talked to me about before we left she was talking about how when a plant is taken from one place and sort of replanted for whatever reason it's if it's going to be replanted it's not jerked up by its stems and its trunk and roots left behind it's carefully dug around carefully roots and all lifted out of that soil and move to a new place that's been prepared, lovingly ready for this new plant to be replanted. And so some of the, some of the soil that was even in that original planting has come with it. So that idea of replanting and not only replanting, but flourishing was something that I just clung to. And, um, it wasn't until 2019 that the Lord was like, okay. And y'all got here in 2017. We got here in 2017, July of 2017. And I thought that my, I pick a word every year. And I thought that my word for 2018 was going to be flourish. And I think I was scared to 
claim it as my word because I wasn't seeing it. But mm. this year, the Lord's like, listen, Ray, I have been flourishing y'all all along. Mm. But in his kindness, he's letting me actually see it now in the physical. And so um, I said, okay, I'm with you, Lord. And so 2019, <laughs> my word is flourish. And I'm just like, so grateful. So anyway, that was a lot more than. No, it was not. That's exactly, okay. what, no, that's okay. exactly what I wanted. That is a. I mean, July of 2017 to January of 2019 is a long time to not see the flourishing. Yeah. How did you believe him when you weren't seeing it? Because he's true. He's, his promises are true. His word is true. He, he is who he says he is. He, he does what he says he's going to do. And so I, can't, I couldn't help but not believe Mm-hmm. And even when you don't see it, in, with that analogy, that's why that analogy has been so perfect to me. Because underneath, in a real life plant, underneath the ground, the roots are growing. The roots are growing, growing down deep. I, I can't see it when I'm standing, you know, on the surface watching mm-hmm. a plant, watching where a plant's been planted and waiting for the 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 green to spring forth. I I don't see that, but but the roots are growing. The roots are finding their nourishment, finding their they're um, they're flourishing below the ground, and so that that's what was happening. But like I said, now I can see it. Like even in our kids, I can see it in uh, just uh, uh, so many ways. I can see it, and he's just so kind to do that. He doesn't he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to show me those things, but he does, and because mm-hmm. he's just that kind. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupted this conversation with Kevin and Reed to tell you about our sponsors for this show. First up, Faith Box. My faith is such an important part of my life, and I'm always looking for new ways to embrace it. That's why I'm so excited about Faith Box. It's an amazing subscription box service that inspires daily Christian living. With Faith Box, you'll get a box filled with inspiring devotional items delivered right to your door each month. Each box, which I totally love this part, they're based on like a specific theme. It's always a surprise. It's always uplifting. And I totally love it. Every box is going to give you like a daily devotional with inspirational scriptures and challenges and prayers, a book by a Christian author that's relevant to that theme, and some do-good products, meaningful stuff that you'll love made by companies around the world that give back to those in need. With Faithbox, you'll end the month more centered on your faith. Plus, you have access to this great, supportive online Christian community, too. I have really loved uh, getting to see the boxes open up. You know me, guys. I like love fun and love surprises. It's been awesome to open everyone. So I want you to experience Faithbox, too. So we've worked out this very special offer for my friends. You can get $10 off your first subscription, but only if you use my promo code. That sounds fun. So get my special offer by going to faithbox.com slash that sounds fun. And use my promo code, that sounds fun, at checkout. So again, go to faithbox.com slash that sounds fun. And then when you go to checkout, use the promo code, that sounds fun. Today's show is also brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Let me take a moment to tell you about Samaritan Ministries healthcare sharing. Maybe you're trying to find healthcare for your family while keeping your budget intact, or maybe it bothers you that you don't really know what your money is going toward with your healthcare insurance. For 25 years, Samaritan Ministries has been completely skipping the middleman of insurance and empowering its members to help each other directly with medical expenses. As a Samaritan Ministries member, I'm assigned each month to send my money directly to another member with a medical need. I get to pray for that person specifically, which I think is really cool, and even have the opportunity to send them a personalized note. And it's affordable. A membership for a family of three or more costs $495. And membership options can cost as low as $100. Who knows? This could be the solution to healthcare that you've been looking for. You can find out more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash that sounds fun. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash that sounds fun. Now back to Kevin and Ree. What was it like leading your whole family here, Kevin? Like, Mm. I mean, you and I have talked about, there's a whole show about your move to Nashville and why it was right for you, for all of you. Um, What was it like to be the leader of bringing a family up here? I don't think I realized how hard it was until a year later. Really? Mm -hmm. I am. I'm just a positive person. Yeah. And and so I was positive for the ch- I had to be positive for the church given what I was walking into. I had to be positive for Re, had to be positive for the kids, had to be optimistic for for everybody. And um and we went out to Denver for a uh 
for kind of a workshop and uh, it's kind of str- strategic planning. And we went out there and they started asking some questions and I don't think we got 15 minutes in the interview. I just began to weep. Mm. And I realized, okay, something, <laughs> something is going on in here. Mm. And I don't even know that it was as much about the, about the questions that was, it, I think I was just kind of holding my breath for the whole first year. Yeah. You know, just to having to be positive for everybody else. I don't yeah. know that I process the grief of leaving of things own life. of my yeah. own life. And, um, and I think that was, that was probably the challenge. And then after that happened, I think there was kind of a, a healing work mm-hmm. that I think I dealt with. You know, I think I'd suppressed sadness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what um, Chip Dodd, that's what he was talking about. He, he talked about, and it was so helpful. I listened to a, a lot of his podcasts. Yeah, I and love him. He was, and he was talking. I think you turned me on to, to his book. You shared mm-hmm. it with me. But in the book, what he talked about, he said, on one end, you've got, you've got anxiety. And that comes from the fact that we live in a, in a world that is uncertain and so many things we can't control. So that's where, And on the other end, if you hold your arms out, on the other end, you have depression. Mm. And depression is suppressed sadness. Oh, wow. He said, and so depressed, depress- yeah, you yeah. hear it. And so you're suppressing the sadness, and it takes so, it's like holding a, a, a beach ball underwater. It takes so much energy to hold that down. Mm. And so I, I really do think that was part of God's gift to me because he was talking about moving back to living at the center and living from your hearts. Yeah. So you got to feel the feelings, right? you know, and you got to tell yourself the truth. And I don't know that I'd give myself permission to feel the feelings. And without feeling the feelings, I couldn't tell myself the truth. So I think that I think that message really helped me from what could have been depression down the road from holding that holding that down. It allowed me to deal with with the sadness of the loss, mm-hmm. but then re you know, reengage. But, but we we took kind of a we took for our vacation. That was kind of what that vacation time was working on. So when I was able to come back, um, I come back much healthier version. You think so? Of, oh yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. 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 What What did yeah, that trip to Colorado do for you, Ree? Well, it was coupled with a trip to. <coughs> that was the coupling of Key West and Colorado, oh, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Key West, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it was good. I mean, yeah, it was just what Kevin was saying. It was just. It was just time to sit back, take a breath, exhale. And go, okay, here's where we've come. Here's where we are. Here's where we're going. All right, how do we want to do where we're going differently than how we've gotten here almost? And um, just sort of set some resets and some sort of new things that we knew we wanted to, that we're going to make it things a little bit health, not healthier, but a little bit easier maybe um, as we kind of, continued on so yeah it was good it was a good reset yeah and then, and then you came back and started year two of Nashville yeah 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 and it feels different this yeah. year oh, two yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah 100 percent. and you think it's partly that I mean because I feel like your first year you were in a different house in a different neighborhood yeah. different schools yeah. and now it seems like you're, you're in a this is where we're going to be for a while yeah that's school wise yeah I'm sure that has something a lot to do actually a lot to do with it yeah Yeah, because when we moved to town we were we were like hey we just want to live in a fun part of town we want to figure out where we want to be long term so everything was transitional Mm -hmm. yes like so we just we knew knew everything's temporary so even the gym we're working out and the friends were just like yeah we're probably only going to be here for a few more months you know so that's a Mm -hmm. that's a hard place to to live because you really can't put down roots. Yeah. Right. yeah, but we fought really hard to. I think I, I did at least. I had to fought really hard to 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 make as many friendships and as many connections as if they were going to be yeah. connections forever. I, I mm-hmm. couldn't come here and not do that, even though we right. knew that Nashville, the place where we you know because we're in Franklin now, Nashville wasn't going to be where we'd be forever for our kids' sake mostly, but. If it was up to us. But I still have friends from the gym. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Would you, how do you pray for Kevin differently in Mm -hmm. the 19th year than you did in the first year? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I know him better. So I think um, it makes it easier to, to know deeper, his deeper needs. Maybe my prayers were maybe more selfish in the first year than they are now. Um, I, I hope that I've come from away from selfish prayers. 
dude. Um, I can't even imagine you being selfish, well. to be honest. So <laughs> please let you. him come home at five so I can go run. <laughs> Thank you, please, Lord. Lord. <laughs> Clear the traffic. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. I think that I think because I know him better, um, the the prayers, they're easier to pray because I'm like, OK, yeah, this is I need to 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 pray into this area. And I just know, I just know, I just know that's where I need to be, you know, praying for him then or whatever. So what about you, Kev? What's, how do you pray for Reed differently now than you did when y'all started? Um, I think part of it came from a, from an understanding of um, that marriage is not just about submission. It's about mutual submission. And so I think that understanding of that truth that it's, it says, you know, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ, but then wives submit to their husband. And I grew up, um, with, with teaching that wives submit to their husband, but then even that word submission means to come under a mission, like submarine comes under water to, to come under a mission. And so then I realized it's my job to have a mission that's big enough for her to come under, Mm. but I don't even get let off there. Yeah. Now it's my job to also submit to her. Yeah. And so it's through that, like, I think that's where our relationship changed is mm-hmm. we started to submit to one another. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even as simple, like, where do you want to go to eat? Well, where do you want to go to eat? And where do you want, I mean, even, but getting to that place of going, like, I want her to feel really good about where we're going to eat more than where, yeah. where I don't, I wasn't there in the yeah. in the beginning. I would just say, pray, God, get her on board with, with this decision. So that, that, that changed. Um, and then I think. Slowly. Um, yeah. Or was there, okay, there wasn't like a click over. No, I think yeah. it was all really connected with the, with the prayer, with the dignifying the voice and with, um, and with yeah. that truth. Um, but as far, as far as praying for, praying for her differently. Um, I'd also, well, no, I would also say when we kind of developed a, a rhythm with ourselves and it just happened to be that we each kind of decided, let's do this, you know, we don't do it together, but just a rhythm of, time in the word prayer again i said this a minute ago but you can't you can't disconnect time in the word and the things that you're praying and knowing who god is and knowing who you are and so i think mm-hmm. that's all yeah. related so yeah and we both came to those decisions kind of independently yeah. that okay we're going to spend time with god before we go work out we, mm-hmm. like yeah. our morning rhythms it took a long time to kind yeah. of get to the place where maybe even we could, yeah. but yeah. where we we're like, yeah. okay, we're going to spend time in, in prayer. And she goes in one room and I go in the other and, and then yeah, but, you aren't sharing a Bible. We're not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not like, no. you can turn the page. That's right. okay. That's right. You can go. I'm ready for the next page. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to be around until I'm caffeinated. You know I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. so we'll do that. But then sometimes maybe we'll have conversation. What'd you read? And sometimes not. And sometimes she'll say, here's what I prayed and sometimes not. And mm-hmm. so there's not really a pressure to make it a thing, mm-hmm. but it, but it is cool to look over and know like she's going after, she's going after the Lord. I mean, I can see in that other room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's a, and to know that I'm being prayed for in some, in some way, yeah. um, there's just strength from that. Mm-hmm. It just seems that something I'm, I'm learning from y'all listening to you, but something I know from life with y'all too. And is there's just a lot of respect for time allowing people to get to know each other better. And it seems, I've never been married, but it seems in every area of marriage from finances to intimacy to friendship with each other to how you run your household, all those things get better the longer you are together. If yeah. you, but with the bumps in the road and with the things, but but you just keep getting better at it if mm-hmm. you stick to it. Yeah, and I think you get better at dying to self. Yes, yeah. Like that's the, the death to self. Like mm-hmm. I have to attend about a thousand funerals a day. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I just did not realize how <laughs> oriented I am about me. And the more I learned to get up on the cross, you know, yeah. take up my cross and die to my, die to myself. And so what's that, that look like though? Like that's a very, I hear you and I yeah. believe you, but what's a, like, what does that look like on a Tuesday? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this morning, like it was, I'm sitting down having time with God. Ree's having time with God, and our youngest comes down, and he's sick. And so then she goes in there, and she's helping him with him sick, and I'm sitting here going, well, maybe I can spend more time with God. Maybe I can. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, he's having trouble breathing. Maybe he needs to go to the doctor. So then it's the question, okay, who uh, I'll take him. Yeah. You know, but that's not really what I wanted to do. Sure. 
Yeah, but I'm not. This is not a hero statement. You asked, I know, but I'm I know. like, I'm asking. Right, no, I'm yeah. really asking because I think I, I don't mm-hmm. want any of my friends to hear statements like "Die to yourself" and have no idea what that looks like mm-hmm, tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. saying when there's something you don't want to do, right? <laughs> and and doing it and then going with a happy and, heart. With a happy heart, because then not making her feel pressure because I've got a message that I have to write mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and oh, this is so inconveniencing me because I'm. And so she even said that later on. She was like, "I want to tell you, thank you." that you didn't make me feel Mm -hmm. um, guilty for you serving me, you know? And so it's just, it's, and it's being open and saying those things and sharing those things. So we're constantly growing in that, but so much of it goes back to, look, I'm not going to do the thing that I want to do so I can do the thing that I need to, to serve, serve you. And it's hard. But you still have fun, right? Oh, we, yeah. yeah. I mean, we have, we are, we're having more fun than we've ever had in our life. Yeah. Do you feel like that's true too? The dying to yourself leads to fun. Yeah, totally. Okay. Totally. Because it's a it's a reciprocal like when I feel like, oh, he's, you know, he's being so selfless. And then I'm like, I want to be selfless, too. And then when I'm selfless, he's like, I want to be selfless. And then it just yeah, it just makes us closer. And yeah, Uh, Mike and Shereen Eldridge that we all know. I don't know who told them this, but they are connected to this story from in my head for some reason that if each person in the couple will do 80%, mm-hmm. everybody will be happy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. And so I've just always thought about that, that Mike and Shereen at some point taught me in our lives that if everybody will do 80%, yeah. you don't have to do hundred percent, but if you'll go after today, I'm going to do 80% of the serving in this household, then, then everybody ends up happier. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. I like the idea that dying to yourself is more fun because it sure doesn't feel fun <laughs> right. on the outside. Right. But, but I think, you know, even like, it's something that even in friendship, it's mm-hmm. going, man, we, we know it from experience. We know it to be true with other friends, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and I mean, I see, I see that in you and the way that you serve and the way that you help. And, you know, you're not, you don't wave a flag and go, Hey, everybody look at mm-hmm. me, but you do it selflessly. And I think so it's in the context yeah. of any relationship is that mutual voluntary submission yeah. really does lead to, lead to, uh, lead to fun, lead to a better life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the people yeah. who are listening, who are just in what they would say to you, I'm in a terrible marriage. How do we help them? What would you say? What's the encouragement today? Yeah. So um, I know it's going to sound um, like the pastor answer, uh-huh. but I, it, it begins with prayer. Okay. Um, what should they say to the Lord? Yeah. I think to begin there. Mm. What do I say? Teach me how to pray. Yep. It's what the disciples prayed. And then pour out your heart to God. Yeah. Like... Put your desperation yeah. on him. Yeah, don't be afraid to be on, like honest. Don't be like, oh, but this won't sound right. And what if, just do it. Is that what you would say to you? Absolutely. Is where you got to start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because if you don't put that on God, you're going to put that on the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I think. Well, and that's then, true, married or single. Right. Somebody's going to carry this. Said, right. I get to decide who carries it. Right. Yeah. And so then I put it from put it to God, and then to sit and to listen, mm-hmm. and to get a word from Him. And a word from him is it it really is. It's worth it's worth everything. Mm-hmm. I I go back to words that God's given me, just a simple word that's been the thing that I've I've held to and clung to. Mm-hmm. Um there's a word that even we're in the season of fasting and prayer. There's a word that he gave to me one morning. Um I felt like he said if it was like early. And I'm like, God, I'm fasting. Yeah. And, I, and sleep is the only thing I've got. That's you know? right, right. But he, I, I felt like he was saying, if you get up. I've got something for you. Mm-hmm. And I got up out of bed and he was chatty. Yeah. And it was he I felt like he pressed something and said something that I needed to needed to hear and that mm-hmm. was worth everything. That yeah. was worth the the fast. Yeah. To get that that word from God. So don't underestimate what a word can do, but it comes in the context of prayer. And I think prayer is keeping company with God. It's not just it's it's reading scripture as conversation. It's you talking, lamenting. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's journaling and writing down your your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Letting letting prayer expand out of the little that little box, mm-hmm. and just keep company with God. Yeah. And um, and I think then that centers you that you can bring, you can bring yourself who who, yeah. who you are in Christ to the relationship. Yeah. But um, but it is it it there are difficult days and there are difficult seasons. Um, but if I would just I would encourage men. To, to reach over and uh, and and grab a hand and to uh, and to pray, but before you do that, um, spend time with with God so it's authentic and so it comes from a real place. So you're not doing something publicly that you're not doing properly, right? right. Yeah. And maybe help unload the dishwasher. <laughs> spend time right. with God. Yeah. Help <laughs> unload the dishwasher. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. 
Re, you said earlier um, that when you hear God, it sometimes it's words, sometimes it's pictures, sometimes it's in scripture. Mm-hmm. So what Kevin's just talking about, someone who's listening and is just like struggling mm-hmm. and they want to hear God, how, how do you even start? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, a place of coming to a place that's over yourself, like you're just done and you're just, you are at a place where you're just like, well, desperate would be a word. And you're just ready just to surrender and just say, this is where I am. Like, don't, don't calculate the words, don't contemplate the words, but with courage, just say, this is where I am. I love worship music, worship music, you do more than just about anybody I know, really. I do. Yeah. It speaks to me. Yeah. The people that write those words, I mean, they, the things that I listen to, I believe with all my heart that they are, you know, on their faces imploring the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit to mm-hmm. speak. And then they just write down what the Holy Spirit says. And so I think it, you know, worship music can be so anointed and can just speak in a way that, that sometimes nothing else can. Yeah. So, I love that. What's your song right now? Oh gosh, um, as you are, as you, as you, find as you me. find me. Thank you, you thank you. Me, as you song. find me, hill song. Oh my yeah, gosh, I know. Done. I know. He, your husband sent it to me, and done I was like in a hotel room. I was like, well, I'm yeah. just balling. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Zoe sent it to us. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, thank you, Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> big no. ups to Zoe. Big ups, faithful to Zoe. podcast. That's listener, right. Faithful yes, sister. Faithful friend. That's how we have that song. Is thanks to Zoe. Thanks to Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. And on the other hand, in a more maybe more practical way for 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 someone who might not be in the habit of even talking to God. I mean, friendships to me, too, have been invaluable when it comes to kind of working through some things, having somebody that's sort of running alongside of you that that is encouraging you and not, you know, commiserating with you. I don't know. Find someone that could do that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the point where you go see a counselor? I mean, I think the first is when I can't work out something with Re, like in our conversation. And then if I can't work it out with Re, then I go to a trusted friend, you know, or accountability partner. If I can't work it out with them, then I go to a spiritual leader, you know, a pastor. If I can't work it out with the pastor, then I'm like, man, I need to, okay. I need to work it out with a counselor. Okay. Um, but Re always knows those steps. You're not like, well, I talked to Re, and now I'm going to talk to my friend, but she don't know I'm talking to my friend. Right, and I and I don't talk to friends that aren't going to take Re's side. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I, I don't. I do not have a friend that if I complained about something with Re, they would side up with me. Every one of my friends would get in my face and say, "You need to go back home and." Also, because we know Re. We're like, listen, Sorry. Kevin. Sorry. <laughs> but but I, I just, yeah. I, and and it's very rare that I'll I'll talk through something about Re with somebody else. Sure. I mean, it's just, there's, I want her to feel safe around my friends. Yeah. And uh, and every one of my friends. So so that's um, I have an old retired chicken farmer. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's a good friend of mine. And uh, and he he's uh he happens to be a licensed professional counselor now. Yeah. But he is always going to side up with with Re, and yeah. um, and he's always going to get in my face. Yeah, and um, and I think Re knows that, so she feels safe. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so like, hey, you go talk to Ronnie. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Re, when does the wife go to counseling? When's that the right next move? I mean, I think if it's the right next move, it's the right next move. I don't necessarily have those the the steps that just Kevin just named and imp- implemented in in my life, but. Um, I mean, I think counseling, when it's right, you just do it. I don't, there's, counseling is a wonderful tool. It's a healing tool. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. Sorry, I know I'm making y'all talk about all the hard parts, but I just also think when you get to the end of a month like this, there's got to be women and men who are listening. They're like, I wish my life was like that. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. every one of these stories is so seemingly so easy, Mm -hmm. but mine isn't, Mm. you know? And so I appreciate y'all pastoring through that i just want people to feel seen in this too you know mm-hmm. who don't have it easy in this season that they're in so at year 19 talk to your single friends like your annie what should i pick that i wouldn't have known to pick now that you're 20 years in what would you tell me to care about now that you know on that side that i'm not going to know to care about before i get married i love kevin's family 
Mm-hmm. And I think um, look for that. Look for um, a, a family that come, you know, a, a family that loves well, that loves Jesus, that supports the person that you're interested in. You know, if you're a man, that supports the the woman that you are interested in. If you're a woman, uh, you know, vice versa. Um, so the family, I would look at that for sure. Um, I mean, what do you what do you yeah, think? I, yeah. I, I You've think, got all the answers. No, no, I, I, think, no answer. I think that's a great answer because I, I think too. I think I think about that differently with with daughters who were taking. You know, now yeah. I'm looking at the families and yeah. okay, these are so really matter. So if I can get her to think that way, so I think uh, that's a great yeah. that's a great answer. Um, I would say from a guy's perspective, um, things changed in our relationship when I began to honor Reeve physically mm-hmm. when we were when we were dating. Mm. Um, there came a point where, you know, I knew that the line was, you know, we're we're not gonna have sex until we're married. So we drew that boundary. But I don't know that I, I didn't I didn't honor um her the way that I should have. Mm. And there was a time where I was preaching at a youth event. And she came to me at the end of that, and I'll never forget. She came to me and she said, "We got married." No, we were we were dating or engaged. We were, we're, we're engaged. Yeah. Yeah, we were engaged, and so I was giving kind no, of. No, no, we weren't engaged. We, were we wouldn't have been engaged. Yeah, we were dating. Sorry. Yeah. You know, and so I, we were we were dating at the time, doing a high school ministry, talking to high school students, and um, and I was talking about purity, and she came to, to me. She, I remember where she stopped me. It was in kind of this alleyway next to the church, and she said, "You're a hypocrite." She said, "You just got up there and told them what you don't do." And I just broke because it was true. And um, and so from that point on in our relationship, I never went into her house at night after a date. Like I, I might give her a kiss on the front doorstep, but like for us, right. that became our our boundary mm-hmm. and um, and like honor. And, and what I what I did, like what I think that that it robbed me before and it robbed her was that um, when a relationship goes physical, um, it cuts down on a communication. Mm-hmm. And so when it goes to physical, it's, it says, it says, I think you're boring. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it said. Because, and maybe the reason that I didn't dignify her voice is because I didn't honor her early on. And so maybe I was paying the collateral damage of, of walking outside of God's family. If I would have honored her early on, I would have learned to listen to her mm-hmm. early on. And so I just think, I think if when a relationship goes physical fast, um, it's it it cuts down on the value of the voice and on listening to one another, okay. and um, and so I just think that's so important because and also just what that year or so taught us of, hey, we've got boundaries when we're sick is that she can trust my hands, mm. and she can trust my heart once we're married. Yeah, you know if, if she can trust me before because really the way I was, the way I was living. Um, I don't know that it was trustworthy. Yeah. Because she heard me say one thing and do another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to give that track record of going, okay, I think I think we have trust. I can trust you, you can trust me. And I think that helped us in, in marriage as well yeah. to uh, to have that. But it was her courage to to speak. I mean, that's her voice, I right? I love She's that like, about you. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it too. I that. totally can see it, all of it. But yeah, yeah I mean Yeah. Yeah. Some time ago. I was going to see a man that I was interested in, and I saw you right before. And you said the thing about running toward Jesus. Mm-hmm. Will you say that? Because, I, I mean, that has marked me. Do you remember it? It's okay if you don't. I can say it if you don't remember it. Look around yeah. you. Tell me You again. said, it, when you're running toward Jesus, look around and see who's running at the same Yeah, place. that's right. Look to the left and to the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so start. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's important. I really do. And, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. So I think when we seek God first and we are in a full-on sprint after his heart in pursuit of him, mm-hmm. then that's when I go, okay, look to the left and the right and see who's running with you. Mm-hmm. See who's running that same pursuit, who's seeking him first. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think what happens sometimes is when somebody catches their eye and we turn around and we, <laughs> we go yeah. back, but just make a full-on sprint for his heart yeah. and, uh, and look who's running with you. Yeah. That was such a cheesy thing to hear in high mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, I'm like, that is the best advice. Mm-hmm. Because what you're not saying that you're saying and that what almost every single couple has said is, I was going after the thing I was called to, and then a miracle moment happened and we connected. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the miracle moment has to happen. God's sovereignty has to step in mm-hmm. and he has to make y'all run into each other in the place or movie theater or the coffee shop or the whatever. But if you're running hard and he's running hard, 
then and you're both pointing at Jesus, mm-hmm. then you can look around. Right. And that's what you said to me. It was so mm-hmm. you said two things. I'll tell you what both things you said. Mm-hmm. You said that. I, do you remember this? You were in your truck and I was I was standing outside of it and you said, here's the two things I want you to know before you see him today. That and then you said people usually end up with people that are similar to them in attractiveness and similar to them in calling. And I want you to know before you see him, I know how attractive you think he is. You are that attractive and mm. y'all are a match. And so if this works, it will work because you match in calling and you match in attractiveness. Mm. And I was like, well, that is just very kind indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. that is a That's very good. nice thing to say. Uh-huh. I know. And so I've carried that with me into other relationships where I've gone, if we like each other, mm-hmm. yeah. you think I'm as cute as I think you are. So that works out really great right. because I think you're really cute. So you must think I'm really cute. And we just need to see if our calling matches and our speed matches. Mm-hmm. And so that has been, those were such wise words that 17 year old Annie would have been like, oh, yeah, shut <laughs> up, pastor. <laughs> but 38 year old Annie's like, actually, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That is really? literally all that matters is yes. I'm going to run after how God's made me and what I'm great at and what I'm doing on this planet. And a miracle moment will happen. That's good. Mm-hmm. And then, and so it is. And so it'll be. And so uh, thank you for that advice. Mm-hmm. And un- an undetermined amount of time ago, so people don't stalk back and figure out who it is. <laughs> We're going to just right. let that be. Right. <laughs> um, okay, biggest piece of advice for people who are wanting to be married that aren't. When you want to be married, it, it means you want a forever relationship. And so I think there's something to being very honest with yourself and with the Lord and looking at the everyday relationships around you and asking the Lord, am I doing these well? Mm, that's good. Re look at the relationships you're already in mm-hmm. and see if you're healthy in those. Yeah. Okay. That is a good word. Okay. We'll take that. Yeah. That is really good. You can know whether you're a good dater by how you're a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My heart hurts for friends who don't have the thing that they want to have. Sure. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. <laughs> and um, I'm really, I'm really sad on one hand that we're not going to be married in heaven. Because on one hand, like I'm like, if God changes His mind on that, yeah, you're all right with that. <laughs> like I'll, I'll show up with flowers, you know. Yeah. At, at Ree's house. And I don't know how that works. Yeah. But but part of me is really glad that we're not going to be married in heaven. Um, for my friends who don't have the thing. Yeah. And that Jesus will be enough. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And that in in heaven we're married to Him. And that that relationship is is everything. So, I I get sad and I want to fix. And I think that's the thing where, um, when marriage is right, it can be like heaven on earth. And when marriage is not right, yeah. it can be like hell on earth. It can. You can you say know? that. Here. Right. Yeah. So, so I think realizing both of those and um, and I can pray for my friends, but at the same time, um, the gospel is greater than marriage. Marriage is a picture of the gospel, but it's, it is. And um, yeah, but I think whatever it is, whenever my friends, um, when their heart longed for something um, and they don't have the thing they want. Um, my heart hurts for them, yeah. and uh, and and so probably what that's done. The closer friends that I've had who have been in that, whether they whether friends that long to have kids that can't, or whether it's friends who long to be married and can't, uh, allowing myself to empathize with them, yeah. and not um, not putting over glory in marriage with in front of them, yeah, you know, but saying, hey, we can. We can celebrate this, but but it's not all of life. Right. It's mm-hmm. not an idol. Right. It's a it's a gift, but it's not an idol. That's right. And um and so just that sensitivity, um and bringing those people into our our family as well in our relationships and no, our relational like orbit, but knowing yeah. that, that like that's part of the that's part of the joy that's the kingdom of God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? And um yeah. So you watching you pursue the Lord, like Mm -hmm. your faith and your pursuit of Jesus, like you've been a gift to us Mm -hmm. and you've inspired our faith and you've been a gift to our family. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I can't imagine doing this Nashville journey without, without Annie. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, I'll talk about you in third person with you right in front of me, but without, without (laughs) Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. here. So it's been a, yeah. That means a lot. Thank you. 
I think um, I think one of the as this month wraps up, one of the most fun things has been uh, getting feedback from people who go, I didn't know how to celebrate something I wanted, mm-hmm. and other people, and so it's been so fun mm-hmm. to to be a part of that to have to in one hand hold my desires that are true, and in the other hand go. Yeah, but listen to these stories. Yeah. Right. This is the coolest. Like, yeah. this is amazing. And so, the line of celebrating stories and not making it an idol, yeah, is always an important one to pay attention to. Right. To go like, we can want something and never get it, and that is not an indictment on God being unkind. Mm. Right. But yes. we can still want something and say that to Him. Right. And yeah. so, whether it's marriage or kids or a new car or, or revival or revival, yes. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, or revival, which is the we all want that too. We all going for that. I'm like my my dude when he comes along, he better be ready because we're running pretty fast <laughs> around here. Yes, yes. he's somewhere stretching because right. we got some work to do in yes. Nashville, Tennessee. Right. I know. That's I'm like we're looking. I, I'm just listening to who says the word revival and prayer and seeing if he has a ring on. Right. That's my two moves. I'm that's like, awesome. did you say revival? Who's your wife? Nobody. Okay. okay. Let's talk. Twitter search. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh my gosh. That's right. Oh, y'all. Thank uh, you for doing this. That's good. Yeah. I appreciate it. Is there anything we didn't yeah. say about Kevin and Marie Queen that we want to say? We love our kids. We do love your kids. <laughs> yes. I love your kids. Yeah. yeah. We do. We've got some sweet ones. Yeah, you do. All four of them. You've done a really nice yeah. job with those. Mm-hmm. You are, I mean, I, I've said this behind your back a lot, Rita, but your mm-hmm. commitment to raising them. Thank it's you. so extraordinary. It's all I've ever wanted to do. So yeah, yeah. And I watched it. I watched my mom do it. Yeah, amazingly. Yeah. So it's thank really you. special. Thank you. I mean it. I love watching it. I think it's all four of them. You handle them all like they're their own people, and there's no like cookie cutter. Like yeah. this is what you look like when I put you in the toaster oven. So as much you when you come out, you're like, nope, you're Raleigh, and you are nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> you came yeah. you ain't nobody yeah. else. You know, yeah. all four of them. They are just their own people. That's right. So y'all are doing a thank great job you. of that. Thank you. Okay, the last question we always ask. Y'all know how this goes. What sounds fun to you? Rhea, I've been waiting all these years. What sounds fun to you? Okay, Annie, are you ready? Yes. I've got a lot of things that sound oh, fun. Good. I'm fun. I'm just kidding. I agree. Um, no, what really sounds fun, because it's on the horizon, is my sixth trip to Seaside with my girls. Yes. Can I say their names? Yes, of course. Twyla, Athena, Stacia, and Zoe. Yep, everybody. <laughs> I know those girls. I, I know, them. you do. Um, but this is our sixth trip to run in the Vera Bradley 5k no y'all do the 5k y'all don't well do the half. we started with the half and then we said why what what are we doing we, <laughs> we still get, get way, the bag yeah, and we're done way earlier we get a way better choice yeah. of patterns if yeah. we finish at the 5k exactly. people that's right so um we take the weekend it's coming up this next week uh, in a couple weeks yeah. and um we just love it. That we, race is so fun to me. So fun. I Hopefully it'll be it. warm. I yeah. mean, I love Seaside in general, yeah. period, yeah. 30A. Yeah. So to be able to be there with my girls is so fun. Yeah, I did that. You know, that's the only half I've ever run in my life. Oh. Is that right? Ra- yeah. And run, we're going to use real loosely. Okay. But it's the only half when, I ever signed up and it? finished. Uh, 13. Maybe y'all's first year. Well, it, we yeah, it's our first year. Maybe. We ran yeah. that half yeah. too. I did it in 13. Well, we were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Y'all finished a smidge before me, to be sure. I was, there were three people behind me, right? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And like three grandmothers were in front of me. And when they didn't get on the bus, when the bus came around to pick people up, I didn't get on the bus either. (laughs) I was like, not happening. No. No. Oh, that's so fun. How how long do y'all go? Um, We go just the weekend. Okay. Yeah. So it's a quick trip. Yeah. There and back. But um, yeah, it's. Oh, it's life giving. There, it's fun, but we also just encourage each other. Seriously, it's it's a dream. It's yeah. a dream. And they're all in Atlanta. They are all still. So in do Atlanta. y'all drive? Yeah, yeah. They'll drive, and and I'll drive, and we may rendezvous sort of in the middle, and then. Ray, get on a plane. Do Southwest. I know. You're I there know. in thirty five minutes. I know. Just pray about it. Okay. I got miles. <laughs> I got miles. We can help that happen. Well. But uh, that maybe. is, I mean, you leave Nashville at 8 a.m. and you can literally be on the beach by 9.30 in the morning. Annie, you're, you're, you're convincing But me. I did fly, I did drive on New Year's, but I won't, I mean, yeah, the airplane is a much better story. Okay. So you just we'll think see. about that. <laughs> uh, Pastor Kevin, what do you do for fun? I think the thing, if I was going to say what sounds fun, yeah. most fun to me, is um, getting to do a trip in March to Israel. Oh, are you? Yeah. Wait, I didn't know that. <laughs> making, making large announcements on 
the podcast to someone you talk to every dang day. So, so going. Wait, who are you going with? With my mom and my dad and Re and the kids. What? That's yes. who's going? Yes. No sibling? Like Christy and Re- no, no, just no. the s- y'all. They, they couldn't go. They, yeah, yeah, and they have young ones. Yeah, they've got yeah, young yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, get, they'll have their day. So I've got a friend who oh, grew up there and who does tours there. And I just, my dad, my mom, my dad, they said while they still can, they would like to go. Yeah. And so I asked my friend, would you put together a tour for just us? And um, and then my dad was like, well, what if the kids went? And so it just ended up happening where, uh, where everyone oh, could go. Oh, that's so yeah. fun. Yeah. I'm so jealous right. that you're going to get to, I mean, what I would have loved to have seen Israel as a teenager. Hmm. I, would, yeah. I think that would have. I hope it would have been impactful. I think it. I think it can't not be, but because it just so changed my life as mm. I went as an adult. That's awesome. So yeah, that, that that's fun. one of those things I never imagined that I would be able to do. Yeah. With I always wanted to take re. Yeah. I never thought, man, I would be able to. But my dad is just being really. He's just really generous, and yeah. uh, and it's. Mm-hmm. I think he sees the dream in the picture too. Yeah. And so uh, so yeah. So we're Big so excited. To Frank and John. Yes. Love that's love, amazing. Love them. Um, yeah, that is awesome. Well done. You both have very good answers, you guys. Mm-hmm. Well done, you. Mm-hmm. A new Vera Bradley bag to take with you to right. Israel. That's there right. you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, thank you guys for doing this. I just, mm-hmm. thank I, you, I don't, I'm, I'm so honored that you would say Nashville is better with, because I'm here. I am telling you, I don't want to do Nashville without y'all. Mm-hmm. It, I tried it for a decade and it is so much better with you here. It is just like, I have a, I have new life. So I'm so thankful y'all are here. And Kevin, everybody can tune in because next week we're dropping a surprise episode with you and Dave Clayton. That's right. Ooh, yeah. that's we, a surprise. It's not a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of revelations here at the end. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Awaken Nashville. Yeah. Awesome. There's been a lot of people that have had some questions about how do they do this in their city and how did this come about and mm. what does it look like to get the churches together in your city to talk about revival and to pray for revival and to fast mm. for it. And so. We're going to tell them how. I'm so excited. I know. Yeah. Me too. So, so y'all look yeah. for that next week. It won't be yeah. Monday or Thursday. It'll just be, I don't know. Yeah. Whenever right. it's ready, we're dropping it. So, well, I love y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for doing that. so much. I know you guys, I just love them. I know you do too. I'm so grateful that Pastor Kevin loves being on the show and is willing to be on the show just about whenever I ask. It is very, very generous of him and his wife, Ree. And as I mentioned in the show, we will have Kevin back next week as we kind of give you a Q&A episode about Awaken Nashville, the 30-day fasting and praying movement that just happened here in town. Kevin and Pastor Dave Clayton will be with me and we will talk about what does it look like to do this in your city and what does it look like to make that a part of what your church and your community is praying for. So they will be back next week. If I can do anything for you, you know, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F downs everywhere. F as in fancy and F as in final. Cause it's the final episode of the couples month. Uh, we do have an exciting episode coming on Monday that I think is going to really matter to us. It's the first author we've had who's written a book on marriage, Mr. Jonathan Pitts. Many of you know, Jonathan and his wife, winter Pitts was a friend of mine and she passed away this summer and right along the same time that they turned in a book on marriage. And so I thought I would love to have Jonathan on and I wish I could have Winter on as well. So we will talk about her and we will talk about um, what it's like to write a marriage book and some of their thoughts that are in the book Emptied, Experience the Fullness of a Poured Out Marriage by Winter and Jonathan. So that is technically how we will end our couple's conversation is with Jonathan Pitts. I think you're going to love the episode. It's really, really special. Well, that sounds fun. Couple month is over. We've got a lot of exciting shows for you coming in March. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that today. Go out there and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. We'll see you back here on Monday with Jonathan Pitts. Y'all have a great weekend.